Let's go to, uh, we are kind of, kind of limited on some time here, so let's see what we can get done here today. Uh, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3 again, uh, kind of a text that we've been using here the last few weeks anyway. Uh, Colossians 3. Uh, over the course of the year, uh, we've been really talking a lot uh, about, uh, about being overcomers. And uh, so uh, what the Spirit of the Lord told us at the beginning of the year, that, that this is the year of the overcomer for us. Amen. That was just for the church, that's what he told us. I'm not saying that that was everywhere, but it just for us anyway, he told us that, that this was the year of the overcomer for us here at Word of Victory. So that usually gives me then, you know, kind of gives me some uh, understanding of kind of where we're going then with, with a lot of your messages and things like that. You just uh, Because if that's what he said, then that's what we're going to do. And so <clears throat> every, every week then we've kind of been coming at this at different angles, but we spent the uh, last few weeks uh, talking about, about where we aim our mind, because, uh, you know, you could, uh, you could, you know, hear the fact that you, you're an overcomer, but if you don't set your mind on that and don't meditate on that, uh, you're, you're going to walk just as beat up as, as the next guy. Come on, somebody. But you got you to you start setting your mind. If you, if you, if you want to live higher, you're going to have to set your mind on higher thoughts. Amen. Come on. Uh, where you set your mind determines uh, where you're going. And uh, so let's read this text, and then I'll uh, kind of come at it again here. If then you were raised with Christ. Anybody in here know Jesus? Yeah. Okay, let's try that again like you really mean it this time. Anybody in here know Jesus? Yeah. All right, praise God. Are you excited about knowing Jesus? Yeah. Are you glad you're saved? Yeah. Are you glad you're heaven bound? Yeah. How Are you glad you're not going to hell? Amen. So then if you were raised with Christ, it says then that we have, a, we have something we, have, we should be doing. It says, seek those things which are above. Amen. Now the word seek just literally means a, a, an opening up unto. It means an activating of your, of your soul, of your spirit. Amen. So you're going after, you're looking, you're leaning. Amen. This isn't just saying, well, you know, a glance at something and seeking something. No, it means you're going after it, praise God. Amen. If you lost your keys, you know, you're not, gonna, you're not just going to stand there, you know, uh, you know, in the kitchen, just kind of saying, well, somewhere in the house, my keys are here. I know I need the keys, but I just don't know where they're at. No, well, you, man, you're out there looking, man, you're pulling up couch cushions, and you're, you're looking under everything, and you're trying to find just anywhere those. Well, that's what the word seek here means. It means to really go after it, praise God. Seek those things which, what, are above, right, where Christ is, right? That's really what it brings it down, where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God right now. Amen. Verse 2, please. It says then, set your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, set your mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Amen. So set your mind on things above. All right. Now the word set uh, also means to aim your mind, to entertain your mind. Uh, to, so, so it's talking about, you know, you have, to, you have to purpose to aim your mind toward things above. Amen. And not things on the earth. Now, you know as well as I do that things on the earth, I mean, you don't really even have to think about it. It'll just consume your time if it, right? I mean, things are going on. You got stuff at home, stuff with the family, stuff with kids, stuff with finance, work. You got all kinds of stuff, making dinner, uh, getting to make sure the ki kids are, are clothed and got everything they need and work and all the time elements and things you got going. So there's all kinds of things going on on planet earth that want to consume your attention. Right, And God isn't denying that you have all this stuff to deal with. Okay? That's not what this text is talking about. He's not saying, you know, just forget about all the natural stuff. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. You know, just ignore it. That's not what he's saying. He's saying set your mind on things above. Amen. You set. You aim your mind on things above. See, the whole purpose is if you aim your mind on things above, 
that gives God opportunity to help you with the things on earth. Can I hear a big amen? And that's how it's designed to work. Amen. Otherwise, you find yourself trying to fix everything yourself, trying to uh, keep yourself empowered and strengthened and keep on moving and keep yourself, you know, uh, you know, rested enough. And, you know, now you're struggling about this and that and trying to keep it all and juggle it all. Pretty soon you're doing everything in your own power. Well, God didn't design this to work that way. He says, listen, if you set your mind on things above, then all of a sudden it allows me now to get involved and walk you through things, amen, so these things on earth don't overwhelm you, praise God, amen. Now, as uh, we brought out one week, we talked about the law of the mind. In fact, out of, out of uh, um, uh, it'd be Romans in 7, he talks about the law of the mind, which just basically means this, attention determines direction, okay? So wherever you aim your attention, it's going to determine a direction. Amen. It's just the facts. Then it goes on into Romans 8 talking about that where you set your mind is going to determine behavior. It's going to determine actions. It's going to determine words. If you set your mind on things of the flesh or natural, then what happens? You begin to live according to that. If you set your mind on things of the spirit, and it says then you begin to live according to that. In other words, it begins to determine your, your attitudes, your behavior, your action, your words. All of a sudden begin to happen as a result of where you set your mind. Now, if all you're going to ever think about is the things that make you mad, guess what? You stay on Grumble Alley. Come on, right? If you, if you think about it, if all you ever meditate on is the things that offend you, then guess what? You know, you stay offended. That's the road you, you go down all the time. You just stay there. If you think about all the stuff that depresses you, come on, somebody, that's the road you stay on. Come on now. So God says, listen, let's get our mind off that. Let's get our mind on higher things. Amen. If you can set your mind on things above, you can begin to live above. Come on now. Remember, you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. That's how we're, we're supposed to live, praise God. Amen. So, praise God. We've been talking a lot about setting our mind. Now, last week, last week we talked about, we came out of Mark 4, and began to talk about, you know, uh, actually we've been talking about for several weeks about the Word being that higher thing we start meditating on and putting our mind on. Uh, but last week we talked about valuing that Word. Remember that? Uh, about valuing the word. And if you'll value the word, in other words, if you will put that word first place in your life, you will value it. If you will think on that, meditate on that, set your mind on that, entertain your, your thinking with that, put the thoughts, have thoughts of the word, put the word in there. Praise God. If you value that word, it's going to determine how you hear it. It's going to determine how you heed it. Amen. In other words, are you going to walk it or not? It also, as we found out last week, that how you value the word will determine about whether, whether or not the enemy could come in and steal it or not. If you value that word, you're not going to let the enemy swoop in there and steal it. You're not going to let him swoop in there and, and kill it uh, before it can produce anything. You're not going to let him swoop in there, uh, you know, and choke out what's already begun to happen based on distractions and things like that. Now, of course, that's in a nutshell, a uh, whole... Uh, the whole chapter of Mark 4 there deals with that parable of the sower sowing the word. And remember, the enemy always comes after the word. It's always for the word's sake because it's, it's the seed. It's what will change your life. Amen. And so he knows if I can get that out of you, then it won't produce nothing in you. You know, uh, I have a, you know, a garden. And I think last week I might even, in fact, I should have brought it up here. I, last week I said something about stubby, stubby carrots or something. So my wife brought a stubby carrot in. And it's a little stubby carrot, and that's how, that's, that's how my carrots grew, because based on the depth of earth, and that's kind of how I brought it out. But anyway, the point is, uh, uh, we, we do have this, this, this you know, garden, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, it produced pretty well this year. I, it was, you know, it, you know, 
surprised me how well it produced, actually, to be honest about it, uh, because we hadn't, you know, we hadn't had one in a while, and so we put in some new soil and that kind of stuff, and so I thought maybe it might be a little hot for some, some of the garden, but it all did pretty well, except, no, my carrots did come. They were just stubby. Listen, I, but what I didn't get this year was corn, and it wasn't because it just wouldn't grow. My corn wanted to grow. It wanted to. It was, start, it was trying to, I mean, it was wanting to grow. But I had these little, little boogers, little pesky little critters that swooped in there and found out, hmm, and some reason they like corn, kernels of corn. So we came in there one night, and I thought, you know, because the one night before, I thought, man, look, we got, they're coming up. Woo, you know. The next day I come in, they're all gone. Well, you could see the little little critter come up and he'd dig up that and clip the deal or whatever he did and you know and, and then ate the seed. And then for every night after that, a little critter would come in there and take about three or four or five more. Come in and you just just down the row. He literally would go down there, dig it up, take your seed, and off he went. Dig it up, and just little bit tiny holes. Okay? Now my point with that is this that's what the enemy wants to do, come in and steal the seed. If you don't if you don't value it, you know, he's just he's just gonna swoop in there and just take it. And that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want it to produce anything in your life. And so you just have to understand that's how the enemy operates, all right? So you got to value the word. you got to value the seed. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, value the word. Amen. So today we're going to talk about some things about, uh, maybe I'm going to come at it from a little bit different angle. Because we're going to talk about valuing the word, but, but why we value the word. One of, some of the reasons why. Amen. And so with that said, praise God, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 4, please. Hebrews and 4. Are you doing good today? Yeah. Are you glad you came out today? I'm glad you came out today. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4, common text. In fact, several of these verses that we'll use today are common text. Uh, but we're just going to we'll glean out of what we can today. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Amen. And sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even a division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, uh, you know, the word, okay? So the word is living. Uh, zeo is the Greek word. Um, it's not zoe, but zeo, which just means that which is alive. It's active. It's, uh, um, you know, it has, uh, it has uh, you know, uh, it's lively. Amen. So uh, it's, it has, it has movement, all right? So you have to understand the word, amen, is alive. Amen. It is alive, all right? It's alive, and it says, and powerful. Energy is where we get our word energy from. So it produces something. It's active. It does something. That's why every time, you know, when you hear the word, you know, you can go through it and you might read that thing 10 times. And all, but every time you do it, it's like it says something different to you. It does something different. But all the, the idea is one day, amen, that you, you're going along, you're meditating on that word, you read that, or you hear one good sermon, hallelujah. Try this side. One good sermon. Huh? You know, you might hear a great sermon. You know, hallelujah. So, see, the idea is, praise God, whether we're reading the Word, whether we're meditating the Word, whether we're hearing the Word being taught, amen, the idea is it wants to come alive on the inside. And every time the, light, the, the Word comes alive, it's like all of a sudden the lights come on. 
It's like all of a sudden the elevator goes all the way to the top finally, praise the Lord, right? The bats fly out of the belfry, right? Come on, somebody, right? I mean, all of a sudden something happens, you know, and that's the idea is to get that to happen. But it is amazing how you can, you can meditate a word. You could take like a verse like this, and you might have read that thing a hundred times, but yet all of a sudden it starts saying something else to you. It starts doing something to you, praise God. Amen. The word talks about the manifold wisdom of God. It even talks about the manifold grace of God. And the word manifold is a word that just means multivariate, uh, multi-sided. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got all different kinds. So depending on what angle you're looking at it, coming at it, it begins to say something different to you. It begins to show you something different. Amen. And the Word of God is like that. Amen. That the more you meditate on it, the more you aim your mind toward it, the more it comes alive, the more it does something, the more that it produces something, praise God. And that's what it's designed to do. So the Word of God is living and it's powerful, praise God. And it says, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to see a text here in a little bit, uh, you know, saying that the word can, is like a sword. Amen, praise God. But here it says this word could be sharper than a two-edged sword. And it says this, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Amen. Joint and mara and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So the idea is the word comes on the, on the scene here, and it can literally, like a two-edged sword, can kind of slice down and make, make a distinction between two different things. All right? It's what it's talking about. So this word, the reason that we value this word, one of the reasons anyway, is the fact that the word comes in to help us discern things. Are you still with me? It begins to help us discern things. Amen. It begins to help us, amen, with just everyday living. So what does this mean? And for those, some of you that have heard me teach this before, it's just a refresher course for you, praise the Lord. Uh, but for others, maybe have never heard this, uh, when you start thinking about soul and spirit, what it's referring to is uh, what's of you and what's of him. Okay, what's just of you and what's of them? And you know as well as I do that, you know, we've all had that question. You're going along, you're thinking, man, I feel like I need to do this, but I, is that me? Or is that God? Anybody ever had that question? I bet we all have somewhere along the line. You, you really don't move forward in God without somewhere along the line having that question pop up. Because anytime you want to move forward in God, there's going to be times you're going to come into uncharted ground. Come on, somebody. You're going to come into things that you're not familiar with yet. Amen. You haven't learned it all yet. So what happens is, you know, you start to determine, okay, you know, that sounds right, but is it right? Is it God? Or is it just me? Well, when the Word of God is active in your life, when you begin to meditate on that Word, when you begin to put that Word first place, when you begin to set your mind on the Word of God, that Word is there to help you discern right from wrong, help you discern what's of God and what's of you. Amen. That's all. It just, it just helps with that, praise God. You know, it's hard uh, to discern whether it's of God or not if you never spend any time with God's Word. You know, it's just, it's just kind of a simple thing. You know, uh, you know how are you going to know what's right unless you hear what's right? How are you going to know what's wrong unless you hear what's wrong? You know, and so, you know, there's a lot of time that, you know, the Scripture even says in Proverbs 14, and I believe it's verse 12, it just says this, that there's, there's, there's a way that seems right unto a man. But it's way, in other words, it ends in uh, ruin or destruction or death is what the word is, but it means ruin or destruction. In other words, it seemed right. It seemed right in my own head. It seemed right, but you went down that road, and then you end up in destruction. And you, then you get down the end, and you go, whoop, that wasn't right. 
Come on, right? Well, God wants to help with all that, that when you're going along in life, you don't end up on this road you shouldn't be on. He wants you to be able to know, praise God, you know, as you, as you jump up there, you go, whoa. And he says, nope, that ain't right. Amen. In fact, Hosea says this, says that the ways of God are right. Amen. Not seem right, they are right. So the more you can, you can hook up with God's thoughts and God's ways, amen, the higher thoughts, come on somebody, His thoughts concerning uh, whatever subject, whatever it is that we're dealing with, amen, the more you grab hold of His word, amen, the more you're going to be able to discern what's of you and what's of Him. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So praise the Lord. So anyway, so it's, it's there to help you determine between a soul and spirit. It's also there to help between joint and mara. Okay, and so the best way to think about that is joint, talking about like an elbow, uh, you know, a knee, a shoulder. Uh, you know, I, this last week I had, I had kind of a, a, a boogered up uh, lower back. I had some kind of thing. I, I still don't even know really what happened. And all of a sudden you're just like, you know, and you know how that stuff is, you know. And, uh, you know, hey, get back on the word, amen, get to praying, amen. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, you realize when something's boogered up how important that is. Whoo, I need that elbow. Whoo, I need that knee. Oh, that finger. It might be just a little finger, but whoo, I need it. How about the toe? I mean, it might just have like one joint down there, but that little, it's like, whoo, when it ain't working right, you know it. Come on, somebody. That back or whatever those, you know, in there, you know, all the vertebrae and how they all work and everything. You know, it's like you realize how important they really are, right? Come on. And it is important. We're not taking away from that. It is important. But how many know that even though a joint, you know, an elbow, a neck, a shoulder, even though they're important, the morrow's not just important. Morrow's critical. Can I hear a big amen? amen. I mean, when the morrow's messed up, you're messed up. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? If something's wrong there, it isn't just something that's important. Come on. This is, in, this is serious now. This becomes critical. Now, the reason that this is, you know, the reason it says it this way is because the word is there to help determine just the difference between what's important and what's critical. Now, the reason that's so uh, necessary to understand is because a lot of times people spend all their time, you know, trying to fix what's important and overlooking the critical. You know, they're trying to do this and do that to make this better. And the whole time, the whole thing is falling apart because of what's critical hasn't been addressed or hasn't been looked at or hasn't been prayed about. Come on, somebody. Or you just ignore it. Come on, because of whatever it might seem too bad. It doesn't matter what. It, there's all kinds of reasons why. But the bottom line is the Spirit of God is there to help you. Not with just what is important. Amen. He's about the critical, too. Right? And sometimes, you know, we spend all of our time just aiming our attention toward what's important, usually because it's important to us, come on, that will overlook the critical. And then once the critical, you know, happens the way it does, isn't it something, though, once the critical, something goes really haywire, all of a sudden you realize all you thought was important ain't really important no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to give everybody a, a sad thing here. That's not, that's not my point. But, but the bottom line is see, the word is there to help us, amen, to, dis, to really to discern not only what's of us and what's of him, but what's, what's important and then what's critical, amen. Because if, if you understand that, praise God, a lot of times you can, you can avoid what's important being messed up if you take care of what's critical. Come on, somebody. It's amazing how you can keep your life in check 
by making sure you keep the things that are critical in check. Are you still with me? How about your love walk? <laughs> it got real quiet in this house. Huh? The word says, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it says, that was the first and the foremost commandment. And then the second, like it, he said, was this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, some of you, well, you know. Well, I don't like my neighbor. My neighbor's a stinker. And you know, if you knew my neighbor, you, you wouldn't like him either. Well, it says, it doesn't, the word says you got to walk in love. Come on, somebody. But see, according to this, that's critical. Walking in love with God and walking in love with others, it's critical. That's not just important, that's critical. Come on. And it's amazing how it affects, and when you get to studying out that, how much it'll affect every area of your life. Why? Because it is critical. It's like Mara. Are you still with me? It, it can affect your whole life. Amen. And so a lot of times what happens is we're, we're chasing that, we're trying to fix what's important, and then the whole time overlooking what's critical, all right? So the Word of God is there to help with that, help you discern between what's of you, what's of God, uh, what's important, what's critical, amen, the soul, spirit, joint, moral. Then it says it's also there to help discern, uh, a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart, all right? Uh, what the intent, what's, what's your intentions? What's your thoughts? Amen, the Word even says take every thought captive, right? Come on, right? Take every thought captive. Why does it say that? Because you can. The Word says take every thought captive because you can take every thought captive. It just takes discipline. But you take every thought captive, and it, says, and it says bring every thought captive, bring it into submission, amen, to the Lord, amen. In other words, take it all captive, and you can determine what's of God, what ain't of God. Well, how are you ever going to know that if the Word of God is never alive in you, if the Word of God's never activated in you? If you never set your mind on the Word of God, how are you going to know whether that thought's of God or not of God? So you got to have the word involved there because there are certain thoughts that just need to be chucked. Are you still with me? Sometimes we just need that need, that thought just needs to go. Amen. But if you don't watch it, pretty soon you'll let you'll you'll let your mind go down that road because you think you're justified. And listen, we're not ignoring issues or problems or circumstances or people pressures or, or, or problems or whatever it is that's out there that's creating all these kind of thoughts. But you have to understand, you know, thoughts can come, but they don't have to, they don't have to uh, roost there in your head. Come on, somebody, right? What's Brother Hagin say? He says, you know, you can, you can keep the birds. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting in your head or in your hair. Amen. So uh, that's just the same way. So there's certain thoughts that just need to go. Okay, you might think, well, I'm justified. Well, listen, listen, listen. Is it worth you going down that road? Because attention equals direction or, or determines direction. So if you, you start, you keep meditating on that, it takes you down a road you don't want, and it's going to end in ruin. So is it really worth taking that thought? It ain't. So what happens is, you know, the Word is there to help you discern uh, the thoughts that come. And, you, and the more you got the word going in, the more you realize, you know, that's not of God. Ah, You know, oh, that's God. Yeah, I need to hang on to that one. Oh, that one ain't of God. And chuck that one. Praise God. And then it says intense, okay, intense of the heart. Your purposes, your, your intentions, okay. 
you know, personal agendas and stuff like that. Is that, is that. Was that right? Is it not right? Is it of God or not of God? Amen. Is my intentions right? I mean, I think about sometimes, you know, you're going along, and, you know, it might have been a, a right thing, but, but the intention was wrong. Are you hearing me today? And I've had the Spirit of God uh, say, you know, stop. You can't go there because your intention, you're off on your intentions. Okay, it's a wrong intention. And so you have to back up and reevaluate and get your heart right and get your mind right. Come on, somebody. And if it wasn't time spent with God, you just go right along and just, and your intentions are off. And next thing you know, you're, you're on some road you got no business being on. Are you still with me? So the Word of God, one of the reasons for the Word and why we value, one of the reasons why we value the Word of God is because it's there to help you discern these things. Amen. So we want to be good, uh, good at discerning things. Are you still with me? Let's get, give me another one here. Let's go to, is it Romans? Is that the next one I got? Romans and 12. Thank you very much. Romans 12 and 2. Let's look at another thing. Now, this course in context is dealing with the Word of God uh, being sown and uh, the, the, actually the gospels that you refer to as the gospel. Uh, but it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With what? With the Word, right? All right, so do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Now, of course, we've touched on already this thing about discernment, uh, but let's back up here a little bit. Uh, the renewing of the mind. Okay, uh, a lot of times we might even do a whole series just talking about renewing the mind. Amen. And taking the word of God uh, line upon line, precept upon precept. Why? To renew the mind. Now, the word renew here means to renovate. To reconstruct, okay? And if you've ever been involved with a renovation or been involved with any kind of reconstruction, uh, how many know it isn't always fun? Come on, somebody. Uh, and there's always the removal of things and then the replacement of things. Come on, somebody. Is that right? You know, when you got born again, uh, there was a, your, your spirit man was made new. It was instantaneous. Amen. How many know that? Uh, you, the Word says you became a new creation. Now, of course, you ain't going to know that unless you got the word in you, amen. But new creation, you became a new creation, a new species of being. Why? Because you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The greatest miracle that ever happened to a human being, amen. You, you became heaven-bound instantly, amen. You got instant fire insurance. So anyway, praise the Lord, you're no longer hell-bound, but you're heaven-bound because of, because of a decision. But how many know that it's not where it stops? Come on, somebody. You still probably think like you used to think. So there's this process that has to happen called a renewing or reconstruction of the mind or renewing of the mind that can only happen by the Word of God. Amen. Where you go in there and now you got to kind of, you know, tear out some walls and tear out this old stuff and basically chuck it out. You might have a, maybe you got a trailer parked out back, uh, you know, and all the junk that you tore out of the house is now going into the trailer. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You just get your mind done thinking about renovation because that's what happens a lot of times with the Word of God. The Word of God's there not only uh, to bring a, a level of discernment, but also it's there, praise God, to help renovate. We've got to get our thinking right. Amen. How many think different now than you used to? About seven of you. Wow. How many want to think different than you used to? A little better. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the point is, praise God, that the more the Word comes in, the more you do renovate, the more you drive out the junk and you begin to reconstruct 
renovate, amen, rebuild, amen, renew, amen, your way of thinking, praise God. Amen. It has to happen, praise God. And, 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 you know, the more you're in the Word, the more your mind's renovated, the more you think higher thoughts. You know, a couple weeks ago, we brought out of Isaiah 55. You know, he was talking to uh, the wicked, to a person. Literally, he was talking to those who had, who had backslid, those that had turned from God. And he said, listen, your way of thinking is off. He said, my ways of thinking are higher. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And he turns around and he says this. He said that my word is like precipitation. When the rain comes down, the snow comes down, it, it, it begins to force the ground into production. He says, so shall my word be. In other words, what he's saying, the whole thing in context is, listen, your thinking's off. So until you hang out with me and let my word do something in your life, you're, you're going to always have a wrong way of thinking, a wrong way of, you know, your wrong ways. Everything's going to be off. But the more you let my thoughts in, the more you let my ways in, hey, the more it changes, praise God. Amen. All of a sudden, now you got higher thoughts, and now you're walking in higher ways, praise God. And that's how this thing works. Remember, his thoughts, amen, uh, you know, the Word says this in Jeremiah. He said, for my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. What? To give you a future and a hope. Well, you know, you might have come along and think, man, I ain't got much of a future. Ain't nothing ever happened good to me. I tell you what, and the family, my family, my dad, my granddad, and everything, and Uncle Tom, and Uncle, and all, you know, oh yeah, nothing ever happens different with my family. Nothing ever happens good, you know. And that was your way of thinking. You kind of growing up. All of a sudden, you come into the things of God, and God says, "No, that ain't how it works." You hook up with my thoughts. All of a sudden, I start giving you a future. Start giving you a hope. And as we found out, you know, uh, I think it was the next week even, talking about, you know, as you put that Word of God, you meditate on that Word of God day and night, all of a sudden you become like a tree planted by the, the rivers of water, amen, that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves will not wither, amen, and whatever they do begins to succeed and prosper, praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, how's that happen? Because the Word, you're grabbing higher thoughts, praise God. You start renovating. Driving out the bad thoughts, the wrong thoughts, bringing in the good thoughts, praise God. You used to think that you didn't have a future, but now you know I got a future, praise God. You didn't think you had a purpose, but hey, now I know I got a purpose, praise God. You used to think there's no way I could ever win, but in God I conquer. In God I overcome. In God I'm triumphant. In God I'm victorious. Hey, what? Woo! Come on, somebody. Well, how's that happen? Well, you're going to have, you get the Word. The Word comes in and begins to renovate. But what happens here, okay, renovation, it says you're not conformed to the world, but you're transformed by the renewing, by the renovation of your mind. So this word transformation, of course, is the word uh, metamorphia. Well, we get our word metamorphosis, all right, which means literally change from, from something into something completely different. All right, like a tadpole to a frog, a caterpillar to a butterfly. That's that's metamorphosis. All right. So at one time you were just this little thing crawling on the ground, but all of a sudden now you've got wings. What happened? Metamorphosis. Amen. Uh, you know, it's like uh, the difference between soaring like an eagle or being grounded like a turkey. You know, they, they for a while they thought about having the turkey as a national bird. Whew, I'm glad they didn't. Just my own thoughts. I mean, whatever. I mean, I mean, I guess in some ways it's kind of a glorious bird, but but I'd rather be an eagle than a turkey any day. It's just my own thoughts. But anyway, whatever you, and I'll leave it at that. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't eat eagle on Thanksgiving. We eat the turkey. 
Anyway, take dominion over that thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so anyway, we'll leave that alone. Praise God for I get myself in trouble. But anyway, so we're, we're going to be transformed. How do we get transformed? By renewing the mind. So when you begin to renew this, it begins to determine things out here. Metamorphosis begins to happen. Amen. As we're going to see here in a minute, it's a, it's a work of the Spirit. But how did that happen? By taking the Word of God. Amen. You get the Word of God coming in well, by reading it, by meditating on it, by hearing it. Praise God. And what it does, it begins uh, a renovation in the mind. And once, remember now, attention determines direction. So all of a sudden now you're not thinking like you used to think. Your mind's aimed at a different thing now, which then determines, amen, and now a different outcome, a different result. Praise God. Amen. So it says that you'll be transformed. But I just want to say, you know, one of the reasons why, or maybe another reason I should say why we value the Word is because I don't want to be conformed to the world. I don't want to adapt to the world. You don't have to do anything to adapt to the world. Just do nothing. And that's why the world is the way the world is. You know, a lot of times we get mad at all, that world out there is so crazy. That's what the world does. That's why you need to renew your mind. So you're not crazy. Look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. Look at your other neighbor and say, you know. Come on, how, how many came out of Crazyville? I came out of Crazy Town. Anybody else? I came out of Crazy Town. All right, so whatever. So I, I, my way of thinking back then wasn't no, it wasn't no good way of thinking. Come on now. And so I came into the kingdom, and when I got born again, amen, I, my, new, my, my inward man was made new, but I still thought like a dingling. Right? I still, my thinking was still off. I still thought like I used to. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm now hearing messages. I'm now reading the Word. God's, people are showing me things in the Word. And all of a sudden, it began to change the uh, just uh, the way of thinking, praise God, which then, praise God, began a transformation process, amen, coming out of conformity into a thing called transformation, praise God. So why do we value the Word? Because, amen, it transforms us, amen. Hallelujah, we're no longer conforming to the world. We're no longer thinking like the world thinks, praise God, amen. And we shouldn't think like the world thinks. That's why you got to guard what you set your mind on. Are you still with me? Yeah. I mean, you just can't let any, anybody speak into your head. Come on, you, got, you can't just give ear to everything everybody says because some of it's just off. And you can get mad at it all day long or you can just say, you know what, that's just what the world does. I mean, have you ever heard something and you go, huh? What? You're thinking to yourself, did I miss something? How would it, why would anybody even think that's remotely right? Well, your thinking's different now. But in the world, you would have thought the same thing. You would have jumped on board. Woo! I know some of you. And I knew some of you before you came into the kingdom. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. Amen. Come on. And then all of a sudden you get saved, and after a year or so or 10 years serving God, hearing the word, all of a sudden your thinking's different. So now back there, like you used to think, you hear somebody say something, you go, huh? How can you even remotely think that's right? That's just what they do. And that's how they are. 
So that's why I like the Word of God. That's why I value the Word. Amen. It, it has transforming power in it. Not only there to help discern things, but gives, it's transforming. Praise God. It transforms my life. Amen. By renewing my mind. Amen. Okay, so how about, let's see, what do we got here for time? Maybe, maybe we'll try one more. Let's try one more here. Uh, since we talked about this metamorphosis. Amen. We bring out 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But we all with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed, that same word, metamorphosis, all right, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. All right, now, uh, real quick, uh, in context, chapter 3 here, actually, uh, even prior to that, a little bit, but for, for the most part, the whole chapter thir- uh, 3 of 2 Corinthians is, is really bringing a contrast between uh, the Old Covenant and New Covenant, okay, with Moses and the Lord, uh, with uh, uh, the ministry of condemnation versus the ministry of righteousness, uh, flesh, spirit, amen, the law, grace. I mean, it just, so it brings a kind of a contrast of the two. So in context, he is talking about the Word and primarily dealing with the New Covenant, the New Testament. Are you still with me? He's not, he's not renouncing or denying the Old Covenant. He's just saying that the difference between the two, that in the New Testament or New Covenant, it's a better covenant established on better promises. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, so in, he's in context, that he talks about how Moses came down off the mount uh, with, uh, with, the, with the Ten Commandments, and they put a veil over his face because of the glory, all right? But they, he brought out that even, even Moses in all his glory cannot compare to what Jesus has done. What you have in the New Covenant, in the, the, the Old Covenant, even in, in its highest hype of glory, cannot even compare to what you have in the New Covenant. So he's saying, we then, with an unveiled face, we don't need no veil. Pull that veil back, praise God. We, with an unveiled face, are beholding, taking a look, as in a mirror. Everybody say a mirror. One of the reasons I value uh, the Word of God, amen, is because it's a mirror. Now there's there's other mirrors. There's a bathroom mirror. Bathroom mirrors a lot of times will just depress you. And don't get me wrong, some of you need to use the mirror. That's right. Get that, get that, uh, you know, get that hair combed right and teeth brushed. Come on, somebody. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little whatever. Anyway, leave it alone. But anyway, um, so anyway, so, uh, you know, we're not down on a bathroom mirror. But, but how many know a lot of times a bathroom mirror, all it does is reflect the image naturally. Come on, somebody. Come on. And so it reflects who you are naturally. So, you know, as the years go on, you might find another wrinkle or two. Come on, somebody. And so those kind of things can depress you. But this here is also a mirror. Amen. But it is a different type of mirror, right? It also reflects your image, who you are. All right? But what it does, it transforms you. The more you look into this mirror, the more it changes you into this image. Are you still with me? Come on, somebody. That's the difference of it. So the word is like a mirror. So what, when you look into this mirror, that's when you find out that you are that new creation, that you are the overcomer. In fact, that's how we got into this whole series, right? Because the fact that we're overcomers, amen. Well, you got to have that word going to, to, to rise up and be that overcomer, praise God. That, that, you're, that you are more than a conqueror. You find you're victorious, the Word says. He's given us the victory, praise Well, you ain't going to know that unless you get a hold of this and realize, wait a minute, I'm victorious. 
I may not feel it naturally, but I move by how I look naturally. I'm moved by the Word of God. I got my face in this mirror, and it says I'm victorious. It says He leads me into all triumph. It says, praise God, I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm chosen. Praise God. What happened? The more you look into this mirror, the more you realize who you are. Praise God. So this mirror begins to reveal your true identity. Are you hearing me? So it says, as a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Look at this. You're beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And somebody said, well, let's talk about the Lord. Listen, no, it's the glory of the Lord. That's who he's made you to be. And it says, we're being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. The implication is to glory to glory, to glory, to glory. It's an ongoing process that the more you have your face in this mirror, the more you begin to be changed into that image. Isn't that good news? Praise God. And it says that it's just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the work of the Spirit. It ain't even you straining and struggling at it. Some people say, well, I'm trying to be this Christian. I mean, I got this list of do's and don'ts. And, man, I'm trying all, I'm trying to walk in love. And I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to stay clear of this and stop doing that and stop doing this. People, that's this hard way of living, man. That ain't the way it was designed. He said, listen, let me help you with that. Put the word in front of you. Now let the Spirit of God do something. Okay, let it work. And all of a sudden you begin to be changed into it. Are you still with me? You begin to be changed into it. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times over the years, just coming out of a, a, just a revelation that you're going along, you've been meditating on something for a week or two or a month or something, you know, and you're just kind of trying to chew on this and get a hold of this, and then all of a sudden, ding, 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 it hits, right? All of a sudden, like I said, the elevator goes all the way up. Praise God. Woo! The lights are coming on. Hallelujah. What happens? You're going from glory unto glory. And it was a work of the Spirit. It wasn't you trying to strain and struggle to be it. Amen. All of a sudden, it just starts doing it. Isn't that good news? So praise God. So it's another reason why we value the Word of God. Amen. It literally becomes a mirror. Amen. Reflecting who you are designed to be who you will become, come on somebody, and the more you lock on to it, the more you set your mind on it, the more it begins to transform you into that same image, praise God. Amen. And it's a work of the Spirit. Isn't that good news? Come on, give the Lord a praise, somebody. I know as far as time-wise, I probably need to uh, call her quits right there. Why don't you all stand up and let me pray over you. Uh, praise God. Do you value the Word? Yes. Hallelujah. I value the Word. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for the Word of God. Amen. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we, all, we, we have access to the written word. Come on, right? And uh, now, I, I believe with all my heart that in these texts, too, it's not just dealing just primarily with the written word. It also talks about the spoken word. So a lot of times God's speaking to you, and that's just as important. Come on, right? So I'm not taking away from that. But, uh, of course, we are trying to get, us, uh, get our face in the book. Come on, somebody. Get to meditating on this, setting our mind on this. Amen. You'd be amazed at how many issues you can overcome just by setting your mind on the right thing. Come on, somebody. Listen again. And I said this earlier on. I'm going to say it again and probably say it again in upcoming services here. But uh, we're not denying what you're dealing with. We're not denying the pressure you're under. We're not denying 
uh, the circumstances. We're not denying the issues. We know it's out there. But he said if you will just set your mind on this, on the higher things, come on, that he can begin to turn those things that you're dealing with here on planet Earth. Amen. So that's what we want. And so you sitting here stewing and worrying and, and having your mind, you know, locked on to all the issues and the problems and the circumstances and the pressures and all that kind of, that ain't never going to help you. All that's going to do is depress you. All that's going to do is make you madder. All that's going to do is make you sadder. All that's going to do is make you uh, more depressed. All that's going to do is just make you, uh, you know, get all uh, offended and stay offended or whatever it is you're dealing with. And I'm just saying there's no point in that. Why not conquer? Why not overcome? So he says the way to do it, set your mind on this. Lock your attention on this. Amen. So did you get something today? Yeah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful, Lord God, for uh, people today who came with an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And we're thankful, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is coming alive in us. Praise God. That this word really is living and powerful, praise God. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah, bringing discernment. Hallelujah, bringing transformation, praise God, for showing us who we are in, in Christ, amen, our true identity. For these things, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.